Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast, we are going to talk about how sleep affects our mental health and vice versa, because odds are if you are seeing yourself faced with a mental disorder at the moment, then odds are that your sleep quality is also getting a hit because that's what we know. Like uh, up to 75% of people that are suffering from depression, anxiety, and other mental disorders have problems with their sleep too. So today, if you are asking yourself how this interconnects with each other, we're going to have a look at that. And furthermore, we're going to have a look at what you can do to improve your sleep quality and how this can actually also help you when it comes to how you're feeling at the moment. But that said, I'm not a doctor, I'm not your doctor, and uh, this is my personal opinion and my experience with sleep coaching. So please take it, this information as it is, as an inspiration to change things and discuss these things with your doctor of trust if you're in a therapy at the moment. And if you think that you have a mental disorder and you're not talking to a doctor yet, maybe do this, take this as an inspiration to go to your doctor and then talk about all the aspects that you listened in this podcast here too and get the additional information that is so important for you and the treatment that is so important for you too to help you to feel better. And now let's dig into the topic because it is massive. 300 million people worldwide suffer from depression. Around about 20% of American adults suffer from some kind of form of anxiety. And we're also uh, faced with or talking about PTSD, ADHD, SAD, bipolar, and other mental disorders. And what we know, what science figured out is that most, the majority of people that suffer from a mental disorder also have sleeping problems. So odds are, if you have a mental disorder, that your sleep also got a hit. What is not 100% clear is how these things affect each other. So from my perspective, um, so what was their first, like the hen-egg theme? Uh, Is it the mental disorder that comes first and then you get the sleep disorder or is a sleep disorder promoting your mental disorder? Uh, It's not 100% clear and they're kind of interconnected. And what I believe they're going to figure out is that it just all belongs together. It's the polarity of things as so often. If you think about the yin-yang picture, like the the circle with the whitish half and the blackish half, uh, it's all interconnected. It's all one whole uh, thing. And the black has a broad border to the white. The white has a broad border to the black. And there's also a black point in the white and a white point in the black. So it's all interconnected. And what we want to figure out today is how we can use this not as figuring out that this is really confusing, like, okay, it's all interconnected. What does that mean? It's a big mess. No, my opinion on this is it's a big opportunity. So now we know we've got a mental disorder on the left-hand side and sleep disorder on the right-hand side, and we've got more options because we know if we improve either side, our odds are getting better that the other side will also improve because it's not a standalone thing here. These things are going along hand in hand. And uh, what we want to figure out now is where we can work on best to improve the other side. And as I'm a sleep coach, I'm going to focus on the sleep side here. So uh, uh, if you're in a a therapy right now, you've got somebody who's taking care of your mental health. 
and we're going to take care of the sleep and figure out why these things are interconnected too. I think it's good to have a brief understanding of what's going on. So let's have a look at the one thing that connects a mental disorder with sleep, and that is the brain. The brain is kind of like a chemical controller. So if you think about it, you can have a positive thought or a negative thought, and our brain will trigger a reaction in our body that will let us feel good or bad. And that said, I know there might be people out there that say, yeah, you're, you've got a depression or something, just uh, think about something positive. These are people that are, uh, really don't know what they're talking about. They, they, uh, this is stupid crap. Uh, because I know, you know, we fall into kind of default patterns that can be triggered through our environment, can be triggered through things we went through, traumas, uh, and can also be related to uh, our uh, uh, genetic uh, wirement uh, through the DNA. Uh, whatever, doesn't matter. I think we all agree that a thought in our brain can release certain chemicals, hormones in our body that will let us feel in a certain way. So it's definitely the controller. And if we don't feel good, if we're in a bad state at the moment, then odds are that that chemical cocktail in our body is not good. It might produce chemicals that let us feel stressed, let us feel worried, let us feel, um, feel have a racing mind, like our thoughts are spinning around certain topics, and that's gonna make it hard for us to fall asleep. And um, if we look at our sleep, and this is really interesting now, if we work on our sleep, what effect can that have on our mental disorder? Because sleep is super powerful when it comes to our brain, how it works, and how we can keep it working in a way that is good for us. So first off, we need to understand that there are two basic sleep stages. There are more than two, but two really essential ones. And... Stage number one is NREM sleep, which is a deep, relaxing, restorative sleep. And stage number two is REM sleep, which is dream sleep, uh, very active in our brains. And both of them really do very important things when it comes to our brains. And as our brains are the controllers of our feelings, at least partly our conscious part can trigger these things. We want our brains to feel refreshed and good, to let us feel good. And NREM sleep does the following. So there are very slow brain waves that move through our brain into the depth of our brain. And what happens is that not only they transport information throughout the brain, so it's good for our memory functions, but it also cleans out, cleanses our brain. It, it, it flush it out, flushes out poison. There are other processes going on that make room for that flushing process. And that's very important. So now let's have a look at REM sleep, which is the dream sleep. Our brains get active and we dream. And Matthew Walker, which is a well-known sleep expert, calls this sleep stage the free therapy system. And that's what it's actually what it actually is. So we're we're dreaming, we're processing information that we got in touch with over the course of the day that kind of um, impacted our lives, and now we're running through that and getting along with it. And the chemical cocktail in our brain is a different one, uh, as if we were going through the exact same situation when we're uh, when we're going through that in real life. So it helps us to get along with things that happen. Sometimes, as we know in dreams, pictures get replaced to make it easier for us 
to accept certain things or to handle certain situations. And it will also help us to get along with these things in the waking state after we process the information accordingly. So we want to use this free therapy system. And now there's one important thing that we need to know. REM sleep, so the dream sleep, gets more in the later hours of our sleep. So if we don't get enough sleep, we're not going to get enough REM sleep, which will impact our mental health. The second thing that we should know if we drink alcohol, alcohol blocks REM sleep. So if we drink alcohol, it might help us to fall asleep faster, but we're getting less of the very important REM sleep. And that's something we just don't want to do if we are seeing ourselves faced with a mental disorder. So this is what you want to do. You want to avoid drinking alcohol. You want to stick to a regular sleep schedule and you want to promote emotions that will help you fall asleep. So the first thing that I recommend you to do is to meditate. If you're not doing so already, get into the practice of meditation. Uh, I've got a meditation for you that will help you to wind down very quickly. If that's something that is interesting for you, uh, go to sleeptrust.eu, check out the show notes. You can download it for free. It's a 15-minute meditation. It's a very basic meditation that will let you wind down, but it might be a good start for you. Meditations are helpful not only to wind down, but also to get into a state, into an emotional state that will promote sleep, will promote you feeling better will help you to cope with a lot of situations and things that are going or might be going on in your mind. But for me, as looking at as our sleep, if the cocktail isn't right and you've got a racing mind, you're stressed, a meditation is a helpful tool to wind down, to get that cocktail back to a better level and to let you fall asleep and get that resting sleep. Step number two is to stick to regular sleep schedule. So you want to see that you get your sleep on time. Listen to your body, go to bed on time. Try to keep that time the same over seven days in a week. Avoid drinking alcohol to fall asleep. I said that just a while ago. See that you get enough sleep and don't get, you know, don't uh, don't miss out on sleep just because you're watching TV into late hours or whatever, getting distracted with your mobiles. Stick to regular sleep schedule and uh, find your sleep spot when it comes to sleep duration and when it's time to go to bed. Tip number three, very powerful too, is a special breathing technique. It's the Wim Hof breathing technique. Um, I don't know if you already heard about that before or not. I did a podcast about it. It's very powerful because you're essentially you're hyperventilating for like 30 to 40 breath takes. And after that, you hold your breath. And what happens is that chemical reactions in your body get enforced. So it's not only a kind of a meditation that you're going to do when you do this breathing exercise, but you're also uh, initiating a chemical reaction, flushing your body with adrenaline and other chemicals. You're going to get a kind of a reset. And this can be helpful if you want to flush your brain and get into a very uh, calm, relaxed state. Before you go to sleep, that's what I recommend here for you because we're looking at the sleep side. This is my tip for you if you have a hard time to get into the state of uh, being able to fall asleep. But it's also going to help you at daytime if you don't feel good. Wim Hof uh, has suffered from uh, depression too. Like his wife 
committed suicide. He was left alone with four kids, and you can imagine how he must have felt. And if he says this helped him to get through that, it might also help you. And I've got a fourth tip for you if you're suffering from PTSD or nightmares, and this is lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming, for those of you who never heard about it, is a state of being conscious in your dream that you're dreaming. So now you're in your dream, you're aware that you're dreaming, and that gives you power and control over the dream. And Charlie Morley, who's a lucid dreaming teacher, did a study about this. So he had five uh, veterans who were suffering from PTSD, and he taught them how to dream lucid. And then he advised them to embrace their nightmares. So typically, people who suffer from PTSD have uh, horrible flashbacks in their dreams. And um, what he taught them was to embrace the situation, so, so to consciously walk through the situation, to know that it's only a dream, but to face it rather than waking up. And doing this has an effect of integrating these situations with yourself so that over time, these people didn't suffer from nightmares anymore. And even after one year after the study had ended, only one of these five people had nightmares again, and they weren't that frequently and not that, you know, that intense. So a very powerful tool that you might want to learn. We'll say it really takes practice. So I've been doing this on the sidelines and uh, I wasn't lucid that often last year. So it is hard, but if you put in the training and the effort, I'm sure you're going to get much better results than I have. And this can be really helpful. So because we moved through a lot of information today really quickly, uh, let me just summarize that. Make sleep a priority for yourself. Do the things that I walked you through, like work with meditations if you haven't so far. Get into a regular sleep schedule. Take care of your sleep hygiene. Do the breathing techniques. Uh, the Wim Hof breathing technique is a very powerful one. And if you're suffering from PTSD or nightmares, uh, give lucid dreaming a try. And if you do this, this will leave you with a better sleep and a better sleep will leave you with a better brain chemical uh, hormonal situation. You'll feel better and that will have a positive impact. If you're going through a therapy right now, it will make it more effective and might also enable your doctor to reduce the medication that he's prescribing you at the moment. And just to give you a little bit more a handle of what we're doing or what we did and talked about today, uh, I've got a nine-step process that brings people from low energy levels, feeling bad, back to feeling uh, great on the foundation of good, deep, natural resting sleep. And these nine steps are sorted into three blocks. And what we did today tackled the first two blocks. So we're talking about our mindset, which is super important and essential. And we're talking about practicing things for body nutrition and our mind. So very powerful. Um, but as always, it's your choice. You, uh, I hope you, you know, get a feeling for what you could do and how this can impact not only your sleep, but also your mental health. And you can take this and, and build a plan around that. Talk to your doctor. Take action to slowly move into the right direction. Move slowly, but move securely. Move very directed. I also created a YouTube video around this topic for you. It's only a couple of minutes and very to the point. 
So don't forget to check that out at YouTube. Uh, you can search for Sleep Trust Mental Health or go to sleeptrust.eu, check out the show notes and I'm going to link it up there. And with that, let's wrap up this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. The relationship between our mental health and sleep is bidirectional, meaning that if we do things for our mental health, this can improve our sleep and doing things for our sleep can also improve our mental health. To do so, best practice meditations, stick to a regular sleep schedule, use breathing techniques and or do lucid dreaming. And that's it for this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you tune in next week when we are going to talk about the best sleep positions out there. Until then, have a superb sleep. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust, please check out sleeptrust.eu. That's sleeptrust.eu where you will get lots of information around sleep. And here comes some legal stuff. Everything on this podcast is my opinion only, so do not take it as an advice, as I am not a doctor, nor have I considered your personal situation. If you feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. I hope you tune in again next week and until then, have a good sleep.